1: Here's your host, Radical
3: Russ Bellville. Good day, tokers and tokettes and non-toking lovers of liberty. It is Monday, August 15th, 2016, and it's got to be 420 somewhere in the world. Welcome to the show. Glad you could make it. I'm glad I could make it. I escaped scot-free from the bowels of Mordor. We went right to the heart of Mount Doom. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we made a road trip back to Idaho and made it in and out with no law enforcement uh, whatsoever. So that was a good thing. Uh, Myself and uh, Lori Duckworth, great activist from Southern Oregon, who's uh, now in the Portland area. We made the road trip out there to the first Boise Hemp Fest. Now, longtime listeners will say, wait a minute, Russ, didn't you speak at a Boise Hemp Fest before? No. Last time I spoke at Idaho Hope Fest. I know. it's It was basically the same thing, but it's different this time because the Boise Hemp Fest is now licensed by the Seattle Hemp Fest organization. And, of course, Seattle Hemp Fest is coming up this weekend. Quick reminder, there will be no show on Friday because I will be on the train making my way to Seattle We'll be there for three days. I've got some speaking spots. We'll meet up with all our friends and business leaders and activist leaders up there and bring that all to you next week. But today, I bring you the highlights from the Boise Hemp Fest, including in this first hour, you'll get to hear my speech to the activists in the state of Idaho and how they are precariously toying with the possibility of being the last state to have any Marijuana reforms. Also on the show today, we'll have time for a radical rant. And today I take aim at the stoners against legalization in the state of Arizona who seem to want to help Sheriff Joe Arpaio continue to bust stoners. So uh, we'll talk about how that makes me feel. Spoiler alert not good. Also on the show, we'll get into some drug war data mining. I was off last week, uh, Wednesday and Thursday. I didn't want to be, and I apologize for that. Uh, had problems with the laptop that uh, had to be fixed. And, of course, Friday I was making my way to Boise. So... Got to catch up on some of the news that happened over those last three days. And one of the big pieces of news was that the state of North Dakota has joined other states, now nine states that will be participating in the 2016 election with some measure of statewide marijuana reform. We'll take a look at North Dakota's proposed medical marijuana initiative, the polling in North Dakota, and then get you caught up on the other states voting on medical marijuana Arkansas, Florida, and Montana. And I know you're thinking, wait, doesn't Montana already have medical? Yes, they do, but they've got an initiative on the ballot to make it better. So we'll tell you all about that. And some other states that are waiting in the wings still trying with some outside shots at making the ballot in Oklahoma, Missouri, and Michigan. Also on the show, the other big news we've got to get to, the Behind the Headlines segment where the DEA has rejected rescheduling cannabis. And I'll tell you why they have rejected it and why they will always reject it, no matter how hard we try. Coming up later in the week, uh, on Wednesday, we'll be speaking with John Hudak from the Brookings Institute. He's going to talk about that DEA rescheduling, and we're also trying to get an interview with our friend John Getman. He actually was the petitioner on two of the four petitions that tried uh, rescheduling. He was rejected twice, and he'll tell you why it will always be rejected. Of course, we start things off with the Cannabis Radio News. We've got all your headlines in four minutes and 20 seconds coming up right after this break. And in hour two, we're going to bring you more from Boise Hemp Fest, speeches from Lori Duckworth and Bill Espenson, some acoustic music from Chief Greenbud. And uh, I sat in on guest vocals. And then we've got some activist interviews as well. It's all coming up right now on the Russ Belville Show.
1: This is the Russ Belleville Show on CannabisRadio.com.
4: Earn your Ph.D. in THC monetization with CannabisRadio.com. Don't be late.
5: The next generation of vaporizers has arrived.
4: Educator, author, and advocate Dr. Mitch Earlywine is here to tackle the burning issues.
3: Author Catherine Hiller and her great new book, Just Say Yes, Marijuana Memoir. So I love the way you use time
6: in the memoir. I started it at the present time and I described a visit to my dealer. And then I would go backward in time so that every chapter starts a little bit earlier. I do not feel that marijuana has in any way harmed my life. It certainly hasn't led me to the streets. It's led me to a more joyful life experience.
4: Burning Issues, only on CannabisRadio.com.
1: You're not high. You're listening to The Russ Belleville Show on CannabisRadio.com.
7: They're bringing drugs. They're bringing crime. They're rapists. And some, I assume, are good people.
1: Okay. Maybe you're
3: high, too.
1: It's time for the Cannabis Radio News. Covering the latest headlines in consumer cannabis, medical marijuana, and industrial hemp. Cannabis Radio News is now available exclusively at CannabisRadio.com. Now your marijuana headlines in 4 minutes and 20 seconds. This
3: is Cannabis Radio News. This is your Cannabis Radio News for Monday, August fifteenth, two 2016. Salem, Oregon. People flocked to Oregon's first-ever Marijuana Growers' Fair on Saturday, where a competition for best pot plants was being held, with the winners to be displayed at the Oregon State Fair. The inaugural two-day Oregon Cannabis Growers' Fair underscores how the once-illicit marijuana industry is starting to go mainstream in Oregon, one of four states to have legalized recreational marijuana use, along with Washington, D.C. Ed Rosenthal, known in pot circles as the Guru of Ganja, poked, prodded, and rubbed and sniffed several dozen marijuana plants, some of which were so big they engulfed him, in an exhibition hall on the Oregon State Fairgrounds. He and other judges were picking nine winning plants, three in each of three categories, that will be displayed at the Oregon State Fair for two weeks starting later this month. Rosenthal, wearing a marijuana leaf print shirt, scribbled on his clipboard as onlookers snapped photos and gaped at rows of pot plants. None had buds, per contest rules. <laughs> Flandro, South Dakota. One of two consultants who worked with a Native American tribe on its plans to open the nation's first marijuana resort pleaded guilty Monday to a drug offense stemming from his role in the operation, including ordering pot seeds that were shipped surreptitiously from the Netherlands to the reservation. Jonathan Hunt, who oversaw the first marijuana crop at the Flandreau-Santee Sioux tribe, entered his guilty plea to a drug conspiracy count in the city of Flandreau, which is adjacent to the tribe's reservation in eastern South Dakota. The state's top prosecutor filed drug-related charges August 3rd against Hunt and Eric Hagan the CEO of the Colorado-based consulting firm Monarch America. The charges came eight months after tribal leaders destroyed the marijuana crop, fearing a federal raid and walking away from ambitious and headline-grabbing scheme to develop an adult playground. Hunt and his attorney declined to comment outside of court on Monday. Hunt is to be sentenced December 19th, though the date could change depending on Hagen's case. Hagen pleaded not guilty Monday to charges of conspiracy to possess, possession, and attempt to possess more than 10 pounds of marijuana. St. Paul, Minnesota... Minnesota's two licensed medical marijuana manufacturers posted millions of dollars in losses in their first full year of operations, according to financial documents obtained by the Associated Press. Minnesota Medical Solutions posted a $3 million loss in 2015, a period that saw the rush to build up facilities, the growing and cultivating of the plants, and the first six months of legal medical marijuana sales. The company also said it lost more than 500 and $42,000 in 2014. The other manufacturer, Leafline Labs, lost roughly $2.2 million in 2015. Their audit does not include information from 2014. The AP obtained copies of the documents through an open records request. The heavy losses illustrate the difficulty of running a medical marijuana business in Minnesota's tightly regulated structure and confirm some fears among patient advocates that the program can't survive long term. Toronto, Canada. The Canadian government says medical marijuana patients will be able to grow their own cannabis under new regulations that come into effect later this month. Health Canada announced Thursday that patients approved for medical marijuana can register with Health Canada to grow a limited amount of cannabis for their own medical purposes. The new rules come into effect on August 24th. The regulations are a response to a federal court decision earlier this year that found the ban on patients growing medical marijuana to be a violation of their constitutional rights. Canada has said it plans to legalize marijuana in the spring of 2017. Berlin, Germany. More than 4,000 people marched through the German capital in the 20th annual demonstration in support of legalizing marijuana. Under the banner, Legalization is in the Air, the demonstrators started their route Saturday at Berlin's main train station and ended it at City Hall. Demonstrators were lobbying for the government to allow broad use of marijuana for medical purposes, expanded research of medical marijuana, and for a regulated market to and end to the prosecution of consumers. Marijuana is illegal in Germany, though possession of small amounts is tolerated by the police. This has been your Cannabis Radio News for Monday, August 15, 2016. I'm Russ Belville. Forwarding the
4: cause of legalization and research of the growing cannabis industry, one podcast at a time. The Cannabis Radio Network.
1: The Russ Belleville Show, where the truth about marijuana gets more than a minute to speak.
3: Hey everybody, it's Radical Russ here from 420 Radio, inviting you to be like me and get your ink done at Lucky Horseshoe Tattoo, Fort Worth's most female-friendly, clean, sterile, awesome tattoo shop. Thomas and his crew are true artists who can design you a custom piece or use a design you bring in. Lucky Horseshoe Tattoo also offers all styles of tattooing as well as piercings and all-around fun. In the DFW area, stop by Lucky Horseshoe Tattoo and tell them Radical Russ sent you. Trust me, it'll feel awesome.
1: The world of cannabis is evolving at a frenetic pace. The Russ Belleville Show gets behind the headlines to take a deeper look at breaking news in our Cannabis Focus.
3: The big news from last week was the rejection by the DEA of another petition to reschedule cannabis or consider the rescheduling of cannabis. Uh, this had been delayed. It was supposed to come out the end of June, and then it was going to come out August 1st. And, well, we finally got our answer, and it's, it's the answer I had predicted. The answer is we've decided not to reschedule. And this is very frustrating to many people, especially people who who first get into marijuana activism, and they start to learn the basics, right? That there's a scheduling system, you know, schedule of drugs, one through five, and there's only one schedule of drugs, schedule one, that uh, are absolutely non-medical, and they're absolutely illegal drugs, cannot be used for any purpose whatsoever, and when people find out that cannabis is up there with heroin and PCP and LSD and magic mushrooms and they start to go wait a minute you know we know marijuana has medical purposes how could it possibly be in that schedule and what happens here is people get some misconceptions about what drug scheduling is in our system indeed there is this level of harm that are associated with the drug schedules as far as them being drugs of abuse. But what they mean by a drug of abuse, isn't that it's something that you get addicted to and it could kill you. If that were the case, you know, cigarettes and alcohol would be in schedule one, wouldn't they No. what the drugs of abuse have to do is whether or not people are using them for non-medical purposes. And, Marijuana certainly fits that category. There are 33 million marijuana consumers in this country, according to that latest Gallup poll. And certainly not all of them are using for medical purposes. And, and, and spare me the argument about you know all use is medical. We'll get there. But that's not what we're talking about right now. So we've got a situation where the reason that cannabis is in Schedule 1 really doesn't have anything to do with the fact that it's as dangerous as heroin. Or LSD or anything else. In fact, Chuck Rosenberg, the DEA administrator, admitted as much when this news was uh, released. What the Schedule 1 has to do with is in the evaluation process, did it was it found to have a medical value? And this is where people get tripped up because they say, well, wait a minute. California has medical marijuana. Oregon's got medical. There's 25 states with medical marijuana. And that is true. But under the Controlled Substances Act, whether or not a substance has an accepted medical use in the United States isn't determined by whether or not there are states in the United States that are accepting its medical use. It is whether or not the country of the United States has decided it has medical use. And that's not determined by voters in California. That's not determined by voters in Michigan or Florida or any other state. That's determined by the FDA. And according to the FDA, there is no accepted medical use in the United States and there's a high potential for abuse. How do they get the high potential for abuse? Because a lot of people are using it without doctor's permission. But wait, you can't get a doctor's permission because it's Schedule 1. Exactly. (laughs) That's where we're stuck. And really, when you get down to it, the number one impediment in any sort of rescheduling decision is that we are playing the wrong game. We're in the wrong ballpark. We got our baseball bat and our mitt and we're on a football gridiron. (laughs) We're wearing our basketball sneakers on an ice hockey rink, right? We're in the wrong game because the entire scheduling system of the controlled substances act is based on scheduling a particular individual molecule, something that's, Reproducible and consistent and accurate every time it's built for pills and inhalers and liquids and other forms. But it's basically meant for an active ingredient, singular or plural, but they're always the same, right? This always comes in the same formulation, like when you're talking about Oxycontin, you know, opioids with acetaminophen and stuff or Vicodin, I guess. The point being is you cannot fit a leaf-shaped drug through a pill-shaped hole, and that's what the FDA and the scheduling process are all about. It's in the rejection, if you bother to read the page after page after page of what Health and Human Services was pointing out to FDA, was that there is no consistent reproducible thing called cannabis for us to even evaluate and this is where people get hung up on, well, wait a minute, the federal government has, uh, p- has patents on uh, cannabinoids as, as neuroprotectants and antioxidants, number 6630507. And and what about, and what about uh, Marinol and, and, and Cisamet and Sativex? and Yeah, all those things are molecules that are consistently reproducible. That's why Marinol made it through the process because it's, it's THC in a sesame oil pill. And since nobody can get the THC out of that pill into something that people could smoke, and nobody's out there dealing Marinol pills, it's not considered to be a drug of abuse. It's a game we can't win, folks.
0: Yeah, baby!
3: (laughs) Medical marijuana is just a a tactic that... Can no longer benefit us. We can't win because it continues to have to go to scheduling and the system is not set up to schedule plants. You want medical plants, you need to make them legal for everybody. Regulate them like we do alcohol and tobacco. All right, we're back to some drug war data mining.
8: Next to THC and CBD, You can now add CBR to your cannabis vernacular. CBR as in CannabisRadio.com.
5: The next generation of vaporizers has arrived. Voober vaporizers are blazing the way with unparalleled technology for oil, concentrate, or dry flower pens.
9: talking with multi-cup award winner Maya Elizabeth. The Grow Show with Kyle Gushman. I've always followed Whoopi and I think she's fantastic. I've followed her advocacy over the years. Tell me a little bit how you think partnering with a mainstream high-profile figure actually benefits the cannabis community as a whole.
5: I have infinite respect for Whoopi Goldberg. I wouldn't just partner with any into that kind of thing. I'm into cannabis medicine and I'm into making quality products that people can find relief from. So to hear that her vision was actually the same it's been beyond a dream to manifest the grow
9: show
1: with kyle Cushman only on cannabisradio.com the russ belville show is blogging and podcasting daily at radicalruss.com
3: new beginner guitars and banjos are often constructed much better than ones built before your time why struggle get a new instrument or fix the old one Trusted professionals at the Fingerboard Extension will evaluate your instrument for free. Repairs are priced for people who work for a living. Stop by the Fingerboard Extension downtown Corvallis at 120 Northwest 2nd Street today or check out its inventory on the web at fingerboardextension.com.
1: Promoting the end of adult cannabis prohibition is easy because we have facts, science, reason, compassion, evidence truth, and logic on our side. It's even easier when researchers catalog it all for us. Learn how to gather the facts on marijuana use, arrests, seizures, rehabs, drug tests, and more on this edition of Drug War Data
3: Mining. All right, today in the data mines, we bring you the great news coming out of North Dakota where the activists there managed to get medical marijuana on the ballot for 2016 uh, this would be the North Dakota Medical Marijuana Initiative, and it would uh, be a fairly typical medical marijuana act. Uh, it does uh, require a, a condition upon up a condition list. Uh, some of the typical conditions include cancer, AIDS, hep C, ALS, glaucoma, and epilepsy. There'd be ID cards. There would be dispensaries. Patients could have up to three ounces of usable marijuana, and... Unfortunately, though, this contains, this is another one of these states that is moving forward with what we call the home grow halo. And the home grow halo means that patients cannot grow their own cannabis unless they live a certain number of miles away from a safe access point, from a dispensary. And in the North Dakota initiative, it's 40 miles. You got to live more than 40 miles away from a dispensary, and if you do, you'll be able to grow eight plants at home. Now, this is not to say that anybody should be against this medical marijuana initiative. In fact, for uh, North Dakota, this would be a remarkable change, uh, finally breaking through in one of those upper plains states. And North Dakota has very serious penalties for marijuana possession. A single joint can get you a year in prison. And a $2,000 fine. So we're happy that North Dakota has made the ballot. But it, again, it's sad to see this continued trend of states with these home grow halos. States that are restricting the ability of patients to grow their own. As far as I'm concerned, the miracle of medical marijuana isn't that it's a plant with therapeutic properties. There are lots of plants with therapeutic properties. It's that it has so many of them. So low side effects. And we can grow it ourselves. We can take care of our own debilitating conditions without all the middlemen, without all the doctors and the labs and the pharmacies and the companies and the advertising, we could take care of ourselves with a house plant. So when I see medical marijuana laws come up that don't allow patients to grow their own, especially these patients that have to spend so much in healthcare costs as it is and for whom medical marijuana won't be covered by the insurance, those are the people that need to be growing at home. Now, the poll numbers are pretty good uh, for the medical marijuana in North Dakota. Most recent poll coming out of the Bismarck Tribune shows uh, 57, I'm sorry, 47 percent support uh, for the medical marijuana. Excuse me. With uh, 41% opposition, so it's only plurality at this point, 47 to 41, Uh, that breaks down to a 33% strongly support and a 35% strongly oppose, 14% somewhat support, 6% somewhat oppose. So 33 and 14 is your 47% that are in favor. 9% say they're neutral on the issue, and another 3% say they're undecided, so... Decent poll out of North Dakota. Can they get it across the finish line, uh, get a majority of the votes and put this into their law? We certainly hope so. And we'll cover that for you on marijuana election night uh, on CannabisRadio.com. Now, quickly, some uh, catch up on some of the other states. Arkansas is also on the ballot for uh, medical marijuana has a long, long list of qualifying conditions, a ton of them. The thing that's going on in Arkansas, though, is that there's another initiative trying to make the ballot. The one that's already on the ballot's a statutory initiative. This other one is a medical marijuana constitutional amendment, and they differ in some of their policies. Uh, and part of the difference here, uh, according to uh, this is the Arkansas business. I'm not sure what you, which one this was, but the uh, the initiative uh, includes grow your own 10 plants if you live more than 20 miles from a dispensary. So it's got a 20 mile halo. This is what they've got on the ballot right now, whereas the constitutional amendment would lack that component. So it's uh, interesting. The uh, polls in Arkansas are looking good. 58% support Thirty four percent opposition uh, support among Democrats, African-Americans and people aged 30 to 44, all well over 70 percent. And even among Republicans, it's a tie at this point. Forty five support, forty five opposition. We've also got Florida on the ballot for medical marijuana. That's their constitutional amendment uh, that they're trying again from last election 2014. And we've got eight polls that are showing uh, support well above 60%. And in, in Florida, you got to get 60% in order to get uh, into the Constitution. That's why they lost last year. They only got four, uh, 57% and couldn't make the Constitution. Eight polls now showing there's a greater than 60% support for Florida medical marijuana. Florida would be a no-home-grow-whatsoever sort of medical marijuana uh, comporting with many of the East Coast states that do not allow home grow, It would be dispensary only. In Montana, they're on the ballot with I-182. This is the initiative to restore the medical marijuana program in the state of Montana after the legislature decimated it. This would remove the requirement uh, that doctors who recommend for more than 25 patients get audited automatically. It would restore the ability of caregivers to care for more than three patients, and it would institute a system of dispensaries and cultivation uh, to provide safe access points for patients. The Montana campaign is looking good, Uh, Looks like they'll uh, have have a good chance to pass this. But the opposition has raised more than twice the money uh, than the supporters of this act in Montana. And some Hail Mary passes in Oklahoma. They're still looking to get on the ballot. They might make it. Oklahoma actually looks pretty good. This is one where anybody would be able to home grow. Six mature plants, six seedlings.
1: This is the Russ Belleville Show on CannabisRadio.com.
4: Keep your cannabis cravings under control. Feed your mind with (sighs) CannabisRadio.com. Cash? Sorry. I don't carry around cash, and I don't want to use the ATM and pay surcharges.
7: You don't need to carry cash. Haven't you heard about PayQuick? Okay, tell me about PayQuick. It's the safe and easy way to pay. It works just like your debit card to securely pay for your purchase and gives you rewards points every time you use it. Nice. PayQuick, the safe and easy way to pay. P-A-Y-Q-W-I-C-K dot com.
1: stands for Responsible Adult Cannabis Use. If cannabis use is causing problems in your life, consider taking a break or seeking medical assistance. Consider ceasing cannabis use if you have a family history of mental illness. Don't drive or operate heavy machinery while impaired by cannabis use. Cannabis use is not without risks, even though the risks may be far less than those posed by legal drugs. You're not high. You're listening to the Russ Bellville Show on CannabisRadio.com.
10: We need to build a wall.
1: Okay. Maybe
3: you're high, too.
1: Activism begins with Act. The Rush Belleville Show features the stories of hard-working grassroots activists working for an end to Prohibition in today's Activist Agenda.
3: We take you back to Saturday and the Julia Davis Park in Boise, Idaho. Hello, Idaho! So I was up on stage earlier. My name is uh, Radical Russ Belville. I'm the host of the Russ Belville Show on CannabisRadio.com. I do a live, daily, two-hour news talk radio program all about cannabis. I'd love you to tune in. Check out CannabisRadio.com. And one of the advantages I get in this amazing career of mine is I get to travel all over the country. This year, I've been from Seattle to Miami. From Fort Worth, Texas to Boston, Massachusetts, Anchorage, Alaska to Atlanta, Georgia, Columbia, South Carolina. I've been all over this country in places where it's legal, places where it's medical, and places where it's still completely prohibited. So let's do a little quiz here because I want to give you a sense of what I go through when I go across this country. How many states out there have complete adult marijuana legalization? Four. We got four. We got Oregon, Washington, Alaska, Colorado. And we've also got Washington, D.C., which is kind of cool to know that our legislators go to the Capitol every day in a city where weed is legal. In fact, I was in Washington, D.C. this year when they pulled out the 51-foot joint. Did you get to see some of that on the news? That was pretty cool. I stood there across from the White House while they had a little wagon with a PA system in it where a guy got on the mic and was telling people, come on over here for your free marijuana, come over here for your free cannabis plants, and right across from the White House, in public, with the Secret Service watching, they were handing out cannabis starts and some free marijuana. Because that's legal in Washington, DC. They don't have any shops, but you can grow it and give it to anybody you like in our nation's capital. How many states out there have medical marijuana? Do you know? 25. Half of the United States has medical marijuana. 25. Now, it's different levels of medical marijuana. There's your California medical marijuana where you got anxiety, you can grow a dozen plants, you can go shop at a pot shop. And then there's Minnesota medical marijuana where you can't grow any plants, you can't get any plant material, you can only get salves, tinctures, and lotions. Nothing smokable. But there are 25 of those. And, of course, Idaho is not one of them. Have you heard of this stuff called CBD oil? Heard about this? This is the, the, one of the constituents of cannabis, CBD, cannabidiol, that you can extract from a cannabis plant, and it has anti-seizure uh, uh, properties, right, for people who are epileptic. It's really good for it. And when you get this CBD oil, it doesn't have, or it has really low amounts of THC in it, so it doesn't really get you high in any way. 16 states have approved that. 16 states took a look at little kids having seizures and said, no, that's bad. Maybe we ought to give them some CBD oil that doesn't get them high. 16 states. The first state that did that was Utah. Utah. Don't tell me Idaho can't pass something when Utah passed it. Wyoming passed it. All of the states in the south passed it. Iowa passed it. Wisconsin passed it. Come on, Idaho can do this. But no, we've got four legal states. Idaho's not one of them. 25 medical states. Idaho's not one of them. We've got... 16 CBD states, Idaho's not one of them. We also have decriminalization. Now decriminalization's a thing where pot's not legal. Still, you can still get busted for it, but when you get busted, it's like a traffic ticket. You get a ticket, you pay your ticket, you're done with it. You don't get a criminal record that stops you from getting a house or getting a job or buying a gun. Decriminalization, pay a fine. 19 states have that. Idaho is not one of them. In fact, in the United States, there only exist seven states that don't have legal, medical, CBD, or decrypt. Those seven states are North Dakota, South Dakota, Kansas, Arkansas, uh, West Virginia, Indiana, and Idaho. Idaho is one of just seven states left that has nothing, that has absolute marijuana prohibition. One of seven states. And guess what? After November, you're going to be one of five because North Dakota and Arkansas have medical marijuana on the ballot this year. Idaho could be one of five states that has absolute marijuana prohibition going into 2017. One of five. Now, when I travel this country... I go to places like Texas, right? This year I was in Texas in Fort Worth. We had a march that went from a park to the the county courthouse with about a 1,000 pot smokers smoking in the streets of Texas. And this ain't Austin, Texas. This is Fort Worth, cow town, very Republican conservative. A 1,000 people marching down the streets smoking pot, took over the county courthouse steps. And we sat there and did speeches for the next three hours smoking pot on the county courthouse steps in Texas. One of the guys who gave a speech was running for mayor of his small town, and he won. And as soon as he won, all of the city clerks and all the city officials quit because they didn't want to work for a pothead. Fine, he just hired a bunch of new people. A <laughs> bunch of cool people, right? So I go to Texas, and, and and when I go to Texas, I get end up talking to people, and they're like, oh, man. Texas is going to be the last state to legalize. And I always say, want to bet? I'm from Idaho. I bet them. I go to Georgia. I go to Alabama. I go to Texas. I go to these red states, and they say, oh, we're going to be the last to legalize. I say, I'll make you a bet. I'll bet Idaho is the last to legalize. Boo is right. You should be booing me right now. That's That's a terrible bet for me to make. I want you to make me a liar. I want you to make me lose that bet because you can. You have the power to make me a liar because you have the ability of citizen initiatives. Texas can't do a petition to make medical marijuana legal. Georgia can't do a petition to make medical marijuana legal. Alabama can't do a petition to make medical marijuana legal. They don't have that power. Idaho is one of 24 states that has the power to pass initiatives. And right now, there's a great group, the Idaho Medical Marijuana Association, or IMA. Like, I'm a patient. I'm a grower. I'm a citizen. I'm a good person. Of course, every time I hear IMA, I think of Kanye West. I'm going to let you finish, but Beyonce had the best album. So get involved with IMA, Idaho Medical Marijuana Association. Another thing that we have to do is we have to cure some of the misconceptions about cannabis consumers out there. I say this a lot to people, and it's, it's kind of hard to hear sometimes. But the fact is, most people, even the people voting against us, don't dislike marijuana. A lot of these people out there that are voting against us, they know it's medical to some extent. Maybe they only think it helps cancer patients having chemo, but they'll admit that at least. Folks, they don't hate marijuana. They hate potheads. This isn't about a plant. This is about discrimination and bigotry. This is about them not liking how long your hair is or the tattoos you're sporting or the attitude you have about authority and law enforcement or your countercultural views on politics or religion or healthy healing with nature. That's what they hate. They hate the people they think we are, the dirty, lousy, stinking, stoner, hippie loser potheads. I'm looking out over this audience, I don't see a single damn loser out there. I see a bunch of good people. I see a bunch of good Idahoans, a bunch of good citizens who make the smart decision to choose cannabis over prescription pills, over alcohol, over tobacco. We're not to be feared, we're to be emulated. We are good people. So I'll leave you with this. Not everybody's cannot be an activist. I'm on TV all across the country, I fly around the country. I have a Google footprint a mile wide. You look up Radical Russ on YouTube and it's just a pot leaf comes up, right? That's not for everybody. Some of you got jobs, some of you got kids, some of you got mortgages. You're worried, you're scared, I don't blame you. Last time, two times ago, I came to Idaho. I came here for a a town hall against your drug czar and the Idaho State Police and they quit the day before because they found out I was coming. That night when I went back to my motel room, probation and parole, open up. Excuse me? Probation and parole, could you open the door, please? Sorry, I'm neither on probation nor parole. How can I help you? Well, could you open the door? We'd like to talk to you. We're talking right now. How can I help you, Officers. Well, we're on probation or parole. We, uh, we uh, heard that there's a, a parolee who's a, a probationer who's in your room. Uh, we just need to open the door to check, but she's not there. Nobody in here but me, officer. Can I help you? Yeah, could you just open the door? No, how about you go get a warrant? Suddenly, their attitude changed. And I quote the police officers. They said, mm-hmm. look. We know you're smoking pot out there, and we don't really give a shit, but you could be messing this up for all the rest of the probationers here. So we want you to knock that shit off and take it somewhere else. I said, thanks, have a nice day. And they walked away. And I'm thinking to myself, did they really think I was going to go door to door, knocking on hotel doors? Excuse me, would you like to smoke some pot? And second of all, I wasn't smoking any pot. I didn't have any pot on me. I'm not an idiot. I'm in Idaho. I don't need to bring pot with me. I know potheads. I'll find some. Don't need to travel with it, folks. Now, had I smoked pot that day? Did I smell like pot? Oh, hell yeah. (laughs) Oh, yeah, absolutely. So I understand you're scared. I understand you're worried. So here's my final piece of advice. Come out of the cannabis closet to one person you know that doesn't know you're a pot smoker. Could be a stranger on the street. Hey, excuse me. I smoke marijuana. I'm a good person. Bye. Right? And they are like, what the hell was that? But come out to at least one person because that forces a thing called cognitive dissonance. Cognitive dissonance is when you think one thing and you see another thing and they don't match. It freaks your brain out. So they've got this perspective that cannabis consumers are dirty, lazy potheads. So you say, hey, I'm a cannabis consumer. And they have to reconcile that. They have to look at you and go, well, you don't look like a dirty, lazy pothead. You look like an okay person. And that starts to change minds. Changing minds changes votes. Changing votes changes laws. Changing laws legalizes marijuana, medical marijuana, whatever we need for everyone in this state. Are you with me? Let's get it done. Come out with someone you know. Thank you. Uh, good time there in my hometown of Boise, Idaho. How many times I played in bands there at the Julia Davis Park bandshell. The Gene Harris bandshell, they call it now. The great first hemp fest for the folks of Boise, Idaho, and I encourage y'all to check out the Idaho Medical Marijuana Association. Help them help the patients, and kudos to everyone who is working so hard in a red state and a tough red state like Idaho. You know, so many of us left Idaho for greener pastures. I gotta admire the people who are staying and fighting for what's right. We're back. The Radical Rant after this.
1: This is the Rust Belleville Show on CannabisRadio.com.
8: From dabs to chivas, sativas to indicas, we roll out a whole concentrate of fresh new content every week. It's like going from the greenhouse to the dispensary. CannabisRadio.com
9: Oh let the marijuana llama tell you something now about a game for your phone gonna make you say Wow The game's about the game of growing cannabis for cash grow the seeds till the board put the savings in the stash Little by little your empire grows large put
11: the celebrities inside your entourage
9: You can choose to play with Snoop or me or Chichin Chong Cypress Hill, Willie Nelson with Khalifa with a bong.
2: The name of the game is him pink, that's the
10: point. Down and while you light yourself a joint? The business of cannabis should be no crime. Hemp ink is even hot proof by the man who run high times. Oh yeah, get it on Android and I and iOS today. Marijuana llama out. Got to tend to me on crop channel. You know. Money don't make itself. ink. I said palm trees make
4: California.
0: Yo yo yo, it's your boy T.J. Shout sure that James. you listen listening to Doctor Bean on Cannabis Confidential.
8: Cannabis Confidential, only on CannabisRadio.com.
1: You're not high. You're listening to the Russ Belleville Show on CannabisRadio.com. Adrian,
2: I, I, I finished it. No, I got Adrian.
1: Okay. Maybe you're
3: high, too. don't want to spend money on a night out but don't know what to do other than watching tv or playing video games consider playing guitar bass banjo or mandolin the instrument will give you hours of entertainment with friends with minimal expense stop by the fingerboard extension downtown corvallis at 120 northwest 2nd street today or check out its inventory on the web at fingerboardextension.com
7: I experimented with marijuana a time or two, and I didn't like it. I didn't inhale. One major responsibility is to encourage people to use less drugs. Entirely legitimate topic uh,
3: for debate.
4: Radical Rant.
3: Well, today I was looking through a piece on the Washington Times. That's uh, Washington, D.C.'s kind of conservative newspaper it's not the post or anything but uh uh, the, the headline was marijuana initiatives on ballot in record nine states despite feds firm stand you know referring to the federal government uh even just recently the dea denying the rescheduling attempt for cannabis and and let's also note there's one u.s territory involved as well the northern mariana islands we get that. We've got medical marijuana in three out of five territories. We'll still have to get uh, American Samoa and U.S. Virgin Islands. And they're working on it in USVI, too. So anyway, we've got nine states on the ballot. That's a record. And we've already confirmed it. There's California, Arizona, Nevada, Massachusetts, and Maine, all five voting on legalization. Florida, Arkansas, North Dakota, all voting on medical marijuana. Montana voting to increase their medical marijuana, and we've got still some Hail Mary passes possible in Missouri, Michigan, and Oklahoma. And I wanted to t- uh, touch a little bit on that uh, Missouri thing, too. I didn't get to it in an earlier segment. But uh, in Missouri, the situation is, is it's not that you just had to get a certain number of signatures. You have to get a baseline number of signatures in in so many Congressional districts. This is what you'll find in some of these states that have initiative petition power. And remember, not all of them have it, right? Only 24 states have any sort of initiative petition. The ones that do have it, their legislatures sometimes try to restrict that power, or they come up with some initiative to restrict that power. That changes it from a simple majority or a simple number of votes. Usually it's like X percent of what the uh, last gubernatorial election was, how many voters were. It's some formula, right? And they'll change that because they find, oh, these activists, they can just go to the couple of big cities in these states. In Idaho, it'd be like Boise, right? You can just go to these big cities, collect all your signatures. So we'll make it harder By forcing you to get a certain baseline number of signatures from a certain number of congressional districts or counties or whatever. And so Missouri is one of these. And uh, the New Approach Missouri page talks about how uh, they collected uh, initial review of signatures from the six congressional districts we collected this spring. Shows the campaign currently has more than enough valid signatures in every district except Missouri's second congressional. In that district, which has Jefferson, St. Charles, and St. Louis counties parts, uh, the local election officials invalidated 10,700 signatures, cut them short by 2,200. So they're short by 2,200 signatures. They got five out of six of the districts just fine. They're over the top on that. One district, not enough signatures. So they're suing to try to uh, get some of those uh, recounted, relooked at. The Oklahoma one uh, is moving forward. They're still trying to get on the ballot. And Michigan is still suing over that uh, 180-day window that they've got that says, you know, signatures spoil after 180 days. Like they're some sort of yogurt or something. So we've got uh, nine on the ballot. Outside chance at 12 on the ballot coming up for 2016, which, of course, we'll cover here on Live coverage on CannabisRadio.com on election night, November 8th, 2016. So I'm reading this piece. Pretty good piece. Basic uh, coverage of uh, all the major details. You get to the bottom of it. It's got a quote from Paul Armantano, my friend from uh, Normal. And it's got one of those, you know, click here to read more. I'm so glad it had that because I'm 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 thinking most people who saw this post probably just went on past it and didn't click there to read more. But I sure did. And when I clicked there to read more. I eventually got to this. Uh, this p- couple of paragraphs talking about, uh you know, there's a couple of quotes in here. There's some uh, Tom Angel, of course, <laughs> there's always a Tom Angel quote. Uh, Mason Deverts in here as well, but it talks about how. A host of states are still far from achieving slam-dunk success. In Arizona, a July poll from OH Predictive Insights showed an initiative to legalize marijuana was likely to lose, with 52.5% of likely voters surveyed saying they would vote against legalizing recreational marijuana, while 39.1% said they would vote in favor. Part of the opposition to the initiative stems from another group that had sought to legalize the recreational use of marijuana this year. Two competing marijuana initiatives divided supporters, and only one was able to gather the signatures needed to make the ballot. The campaign that was unable to qualify for the ballot has launched a new effort, Marijuana Consumers Against Fake Marijuana Legalization, to defeat Proposition 205. I gotta pause. What the fuck? (laughs) <laughs> marijuana consumers against fake marijuana legalization brought to you by the department of redundancy department <sighs> look e- either marijuana consumers against fake legalization or mar- or, or consumers against fake marijuana legalization <laughs> you don't want to have the word marijuana in there twice and second what a bunch of idiots what a bunch of Oh my God, fake marijuana legalization. You know what fake marijuana legalization is? Medical marijuana. That's fake medical. That's fake marijuana legalization because it's not legal. You got a medical card. You just have an affirmative defense to something that is still a crime. What you've got in Arizona right now is fake marijuana legalization. Real marijuana legalization is when you can have marijuana and you can buy marijuana and it's legal. I get so tired of these groups that have this perfect vision of what marijuana legalization should be. This is this Jason Medar and these Arizonans for Mindful Regulation, they called themselves, that has such the better plan for legalization. And I would agree. It was a nicer plan. It was a, it was had some good parts to it. Very very well thought out. And I can agree that there is a problem with the way MPP puts together some of these initiatives and some of the buy-ins they had to get from the existing dispensary industries in order to get uh, concessions to them, to get their support, yada, yada, yada. But there's a chance to legalize marijuana, to end the prosecution of people in a state where any amount can still be prosecuted as a felony in a place where Sheriff Joe wants to put you outside in the tents in hundred eight degree heat in pink underwear. We can help people avoid that. And you want to help Sheriff Joe. I'll tell you, Sheriff Joe wants to see legalization fail. He don't care if it's fake or real. He'll, he'd love to see that fail. Bill Montgomery, Maricopa County uh, attorney, he wants to see that fail. Sheila Polk, Yavapai County, she wants to see it fail. You're on their side. When you're one of these marijuana consumers against fake marijuana legalization, arguing against Proposition 205, you are on the side of our oppressors. I don't take kindly to that. I don't take and I've still long memory. I got people from twenty ten I still don't like. From California, who had the same damn arguments about oh this is fake marijuana legalization. It's all gonna make a monopoly in this that oh forget get out of my face with that. You know, it it really it's Ah, I'm trying so hard not to bring the current election cycle into these things, but you know, it does harken back to the point that, yes, you may have had the better initiative, but your initiative didn't make the ballot. Yes, your initiative may have been hamstrung by things out of its control, but your initiative didn't make the ballot. There is an initiative that's made the ballot. Our opponents would really like to see it fail. It is incremental step forward. It does legalize marijuana. Here's what their arguments are. This is in the Washington Times piece. And I'm wondering, you know, if the people read this far, because it's it's pretty far down the, the page. But if they read this far, how they must think of all marijuana consumers to think that some of us would even get on board with this. Like, I'm trying to put my mind in the place of someone who's a, Casual political observer Doesn't really know the marijuana movement much But knows politics generally And how they would take this part When it says This is speaking about the Marijuana consumers against fake marijuana legalization They argue that the initiative would do more harm than good By not adequately reforming marijuana laws For instance, by leaving in place felony charges For those who possess more than the legal amount of marijuana How much are they allowed to possess now? And it's a felony now! Or by allowing city or county governments to ban the home growth of marijuana if it becomes a nuisance. What can they do now? It's all banned now! All marijuana growing is a nuisance now! You're not voting this legalization versus the legalization you want. You're voting this legalization versus the prohibition you got. got. That's all the time i got for hour one. We'll continue this in hour two. For everyone here at CannabisRadio.com, I'm Radical Russ. Until next time, take care of each other, tokers.
1: This is the Russ Bellville Show. The Russ Belleville Show is blogging and podcasting daily at RadicalRuss.com. You take a seat, you
2: plant it, you grow it, you giant, you roll it, you skull it in. You take a seat, you plant it, you grow it, you giant, you roll it, you skull it in. You take a seat, you plant you grow in. You take a seat, you plant it, you grow it, you giant, you it, you skull it in. It goes down to
3: Welcome back, everyone. Time for Hour 2, Toker Talk Radio. It's good to be back in Oregon. I tell you, it's, it's, it's a weird thing. First of all, the trip from here in Portland, Oregon, to Boise, Idaho, if you count it from, like, edge to edge of the city limits, right, is 420 miles. That's right. It's four hundred and twenty miles from Portland to Boise, roughly. Like from here where I'm at, like right now, to where we were at in the park, it's more like four twenty seven. Okay. So if you're you're on Google Maps, you're going, You're that's not accurate. Well, okay. <laughs> right. It's 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 within four twenty, right? So it's four twenty. But the trip is three hundred and seventy six miles on Interstate eighty four that hits the border at a place called Ontario, Oregon, which is the onion capital of America, onion fields, onion growth, onion processing, right? Big thing. Also, or is there. If you know about or Ida potato products and stuff. And then when you get to that border, you cross the border and one good thing happens, you know, you hit Idaho, right? The one good thing that happens is you get 80 miles an hour on the speed limit there on that part of the freeway. And then, uh, but it's, it's 50 miles from the, the border to Boise, basically. 49, exit 49 is like the first exit. So for most of your trip, you're in Oregon. Most of your trip, you're where it's legal. And then when you cross that border, it is like you, you just feel like you're a target. You feel oppressed just crossing the border. And vice versa, when you come back home. When you cross that Snake River and you see that welcome to Oregon sign, you breathe a sigh of relief. (sighs) (sighs) Oh, God. So nice, right? When we came back from Idaho, we uh, stopped uh, in, in Ontario. Our friend Bill Espenson, whose speech you'll hear later on this hour. Bill Espenson ran the 45th Parallel Dispensary in Ontario. So it was the closest medical marijuana dispensary to the people of Idaho. And a lot of – and back in the day, you could get a medical marijuana card as an out-of-state patient. Can't do it now because our legislature changed that, but we think it's unconstitutional and it will probably come back. But anyway, lots of Idahoans would get their medical marijuana card and they'd go to Bill's place in Ontario to get their medicine, 50 miles from Boise, right across the border. Well, now – you know. well, 2013, Bill was the Mm -hmm. one who got busted in eastern Oregon – Lori Duckworth, whose speech you'll hear uh, in this hour as well, was the one that got busted in southern Oregon. And our friend uh, 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 um, Bennett, uh, Sarah Bennett uh, was the one busted in the Portland area. So these three, this triangle of busts across the state were the last three dispensary owners to be busted before dispensaries became legal. Like literally, Lori's bust happened, I think, 10 days before the bill was signed that legalized dispensaries. And all these three operators were not only doing an above board job, running their dispensaries, their dispensaries were literally the models. And these people were the consultants to the legislature on how the dispensary should be run. (laughs) So you'll hear from them coming up, uh, at the Boise hemp fest. We stopped in Ontario at Bill's place. And then we made our way to Nyssa and met another bill, a delightful hippie fella. This, this guy is the best of hippie, right? Hippie plus kind of nerd geek, right? He was really scientific and you know knew a lot about politics and stuff. And we checked out his grow in Nyssa, which is another city just across the border from Idaho. Thriving medical grow. And both these cities leaving money on the table because they've banned recreational sales. Meanwhile, 25 miles further, farther down I-84, there's a city called Huntington. Thriving because it has a a, a recreational shop.
1: This is the Russ Belleville Show on CannabisRadio.com.
4: Legal to listen to all over the world. We're just not sure about France. CannabisRadio.com. The cannabis industry is growing, business is booming, and as new opportunities arise in newly legalized states, each market is getting more competitive. Call Canna Management Corporation and let our team get you ready to grow. 415 269 8015. That's 415 269 8015. Or visit CANNA management.com. Previously on the Stoner Jesus Show,
0: uh, St. Peter auditioning to be the Microsoft Weed Software uh, spokesman. Hey, this is St. Peter for Microsoft. They track weed, does that mean they're gonna like track the weed? Is that what this is about, Jesus? I'm not gonna be tracked, Jesus. I'm not gonna have my fucking weed tracked, and I'm not gonna have fucking Microsoft track me back to my fucking house through my weed to the where they fucking spied on people with that goddamn Xbox camera. like this. Fuck Microsoft. Fuck this bullshit.
4: The Stoner Jesus Show, live Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific. Or find the Stoner Jesus Show podcast on demand at CannabisRadio.com and StonerJesus.net.
1: Peace, bitches. The Russ Belleville Show, providing dictionaries to drug czars since 2009.
3: When you are starting up a medical cannabis business, you want a fired-up lawyer who understands the needs of cannabis consumers. The Law Office of Lauren Vasquez is your fired-up lawyer for the cannabis industry. Visit her website, fireduplawyer.com, or call 1-855-MMJ-LAWS for more information. That's 855-665-5297 for Lauren Vasquez, your fired-up lawyer, or email fireduplawyer at gmail.com.
1: Most of us pirates, we go on vacation to North Dakota, you know, because they've got a town called Argusville. Argusville. What are you smoking there, boy? This is Dan Michaels from DanMichaelsAudio.com, and you're listening to Radical Rust on CannabisRadio.com.
3: We have more of our highlights from the Boise Hemp Fest that took place this Saturday. Bill Espenson, one of the dispensary owners who was busted in Eastern Oregon, got to speak. And he is followed by Lori Duckworth, uh, who was one of the dispensary owners busted in Southern Oregon. All part of the first annual Boise Hemp Fest, licensed by the Seattle Hemp Fest organization. And I'm sure they will be taking part in this next year. Didn't see a single police uh, officer at this event i was uh, quite surprised by that here's
7: lori
6: well this is my first time in boise it's great it's hot as hell here almost as hot as southern oregon where my home and my farm is i am a medical marijuana farmer i'm also a felon by default You know, you guys have heard from people all over today, and you're going to hear from more people, but I want to just tell you my story very quickly. I'm the former director of Southern Oregon Normal in Medford, which is the furthest county south, Jackson County in Oregon. My good friend Bill Espenson, which a lot of you know, is from right here in Boise. He ran the 45th Parallel in Ontario. A lot of you went there, right? Yeah, thank you for supporting him. He was raided September 2012 in Ontario. His home, his business, he lost it all. He was prosecuted. Between then and May 23, 2013, when my facility was raided 10 days before the governor signed our dispensary bill, which I helped to craft, our good friend, Sarah Bennett, her facility was raided in Tigard, which is just outside of Portland. That was Operation Storefront. That was a conspiracy by the sheriffs of Oregon to stop legalization. But that didn't happen because it took people in Oregon, activists in Oregon, you activists out there, like you just heard Russ say, it takes you to help the patients. You that push the wheelchairs and dump the bedpans, that inject the diabetics, that farm quietly in your basements, in your closets, and in your warehouses, that provide your oils for the children. We went to trial, or were due to go to trial, right after Bill was sentenced. He got 140 days in jail. We took a plea bargain, and they dropped 29 Class A felonies against myself. 28 against my husband and they made up a brand new charge in Oregon. We lost Southern Oregon Normal Chapter. Closed our business which was right next to the federal courthouse for almost 5 years. The feds didn't raid us, the state did. The charge was delivery of more than 1 ounce of cannabis to another medical marijuana card holder for no consideration what a bunch of bullshit we got 11 months of bench probation our adult son who lived in our home became our grower we replanted the nine plants that they pulled out that we just planted three days before they raided us kept growing and we even got our guns and our ammunition back and we had a nice little collection because we're preppers Bill set the precedence in Oregon by being found guilty. Sarah Bennett and the Human Collective continued operating. She became a felon. I lost my business. I lost my nursing license. The dispensary bill was signed by the governor. A year later, legalization was signed into law. And I'm running clinics. I work for the oldest next to THCF clinic in Oregon, Southern Oregon Alternative Medicine. We have 17 locations. Right after we took our plea bargain, I was diagnosed with cancer. I had no idea that I would need this plant so much. It's kept me alive. My point of telling you all this is don't ever give up. Get off your asses and get to work. We did it in Oregon. They've done it in many other states, but they can't do it without you. We couldn't do it without people like me. Patients and caregivers, the black market people had to come out of hiding. I know you're scared. God, I was scared too when they raided me. I'd never been in handcuffs, at least not that I can talk about from up here. (laughs) You guys are so important to get to know your legislators. Go lobby. They're just people. They put their pants on just like us. And you know, if you're afraid of cops, think about it like that too. They put their pants on just like you, and they're not all bad. And you know what, you'd be surprised how many of those cops go home and toke too. How many of you have lost somebody to a drug overdose? The heroin problem in this country is out of hand. Pill problems out of hand. Marijuana in my opinion is the life plant. It saves lives. It is a gateway drug. I've never argued that but it's a gateway out you are living proof you know somebody if you don't use it that does we normal moms have raised four i've raised four children i know one mom that has raised 11 children and every one of them are high functioning humans i know my four are i have a lawyer I have a prison guard, I have a business owner, and I have a computer science college student. And I have three amazing grandchildren. It's up to every one of us to change the laws. The laws don't change themselves. I want to thank everybody for coming today. Stick around. A lot of us have multiple speaking slots. And I got some posters to give away.
0: So, we're going to recap a little bit what I talked about this morning is the federal government's been lying to all of you. They have a federal medical marijuana program, and uh, this can right here is sent to a friend of mine every month with 300 joints in it. Shit weed, but... Yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, it's, it's free. She gets it free every month. It has been since, like, 1988. 82, uh, 88, maybe, yeah, yeah, a long time, and uh, and they still do. They still give it to her every month. They mail it to her, and she gets it every month, and uh, and and yet the DEA, I, and I don't even know why they got jurisdiction over this, but on Wednesday I believe they said uh, they're going to keep it in the Schedule One, and Russ went over uh, in detail what Schedule One means. And uh and yet they're giving this away as medical marijuana and they're saying under Schedule One, according to Russ, and what I know, is that it has no medicinal value and we just know that not to be true. We're being lied to. And as long as we keep spoon they keep spoon feeding us and we keep eating it, that's the way it's gonna be forever. I can't do that no more. I've already been to jail for patients. I don't I'm tired of this. This is it's 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 like uh, somebody said earlier. You know, it's it's real understandable why people who are in the political realm of things and trying to change things they burn out quickly. It's it's they 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 make it very difficult, but not impossible. Not impossible. Oregon proved it. Oregon did it with citizens, just like us. It wasn't like a bunch of suits sat around in the legislators and said, "Hey." Let's make medical marijuana. These people need it. Hell no. They fought it tooth and nail, just like Butch Otter and all his cronies are fighting us. And, and they are fighting us, believe me. We, we tried to have a town hall meeting with the state police and the Idaho Office of Drug Policy and Students for Sensible Drug Policy. And it was all set up and people flew in. And guess what? They backed out. They backed out in the last minute. The state police, the Idaho Office of Drug Policy, you know why? Because Russ Belleville was coming to speak. And if you guys don't know, Russ is known all over the world for his cannabis activism, and he just happens to be from Nampa. Um, so it's it's awesome that Russ came, and, and like I told him yesterday, I expect him to be here. But people like Lori Duckworth and, and, and uh, her... I can't remember her name. The lawyer from Seattle. Stephanie. Stephanie Kwan. And, uh, and other people coming here and speaking about this. And you folks coming and listening and signing up with Idaho Medical Marijuana Association. Listen, we know you work. We know you got jobs. We know you got kids. We all do too. But you can help by either donating or if you got a special computer skill or whatever your skill may be, Printing. All those
10: skills are needed.
8: This is bullshit. It's like Cypress Hill concert in here. All right, that
3: sound means that it's 4.20 here in the Pacific Time Zone. And as is required by our union rules, I have to take a mandatory safety briefing. I hope you're safe out there. Howdy to all the Johns in the chat room. And everybody not named John who is going to end up being named John anyway. We're like uh, Lectroids in Bakuru (laughs) Bonsai. Look that one up, kids. Being green is good.
4: Growing green is good. Making green is great. CannabisRadio.com
9: low on funds? Don't worry. Weed Firm Replanted is free to
7: download.
5: Download Weed Firm Replanted for free on the App Store and Google Play today. Get growing, Mr. Growing.
7: Georgia. Hi, this is Willie Nelson. Alcohol prohibition didn't work in the 1920s and marijuana prohibition isn't working today. It's time we stopped arresting responsible marijuana smokers. It's the fair thing to do.
8: For more information, contact Normal,
6: the National Organization for the Reform of Marijuana Laws. Call toll-free
8: 888-67-NORML or visit their website at NORML.org.
1: The Russ Belleville Show reminds you to never
3: smoke and drive impaired. Hang out for a while and share.
1: And Burblastin Bergen Norbin. You're tuned into the Russ Belleville Show, the voice of the Marijuana Nation, only on
3: cannabisradio.com. Welcome back everyone. Hope you had a good safety briefing. We're gonna go back to this last Saturday in Boise, Idaho, and man, it was hot. Got up into the upper 90s, and on the drive home as we crossed eastern Oregon, or as I like to call it, western Idaho, it got as hot as 104 at one point out there on the freeway. Good Lord, that's hot. Speaking of hot, you gotta check out the fourth album now. is out from Chief Greenbud. He's my friend from Nashville, Tennessee. And I always like to say Chief Greenbud is what you get if you mix weird Al Yankovic, Jimmy Buffett, and a whole lot of weed. Kind of country-themed parody music all based around Greenbud, of course. To Chief Greenbud, it's a verb, you see. And Chief is uh, popular at numerous uh, cannabis-related events. He uh, brings out his guitar, his green guitar, and uh, just is our little marijuana troubadour, I guess you could call him. And I'm just, I'm, I'm breaking up a little bit, because in his fourth album here, in the in the liner notes, he gives me a shout-out uh, to me in 420 Radio, and I really appreciate that, Chief. That was awfully nice. So Chief showed up, and he had his guitar, and uh, got to uh, sing five songs up there on the band shell. I uh, joined him for some background vocals, add some harmonies for him, and we'll give you a couple of those songs. It's uh, I Just Want to Get High, and It's Only a Weed from Boise Hempfest.
10: As you know, they talked about the problems that you can have if you smoke marijuana. And this song is about one of those. Well, I've got a problem, I don't know what to do. Every time I smoke weed, my girl comes unglued. She gets her granny panties all up in a while. If I fire up a bowl, a really good pot. I don't want to offend her little delicate nose. But I need a buzz and that's just how it goes. So when she's got a problem that I want to get stoned. I start contemplating living alone. I just... I want to get high It's what I really want I just want to get high Cheap green butt backup singer Like a smoke a lot, can't believe She doesn't cryo lies I just want to get high just want to get high well, I've got a question and I need to know It may sound kind of funny but here I go How did I end up with a girl that doesn't like to get baked? It's like putting dill pickles on your birthday cake. I guess it's time for me to make a choice. Do I quit smoking weed or just put up with her noise? A little bit of bitching needs being alone. And I can handle anything as long as I'm stoned. Cause I just want to get high. It's what I really want. I just want to get high I like to smoke a lot I can't believe she doesn't realize she really don't know that I just want to get high I just wanna get high want to get high I think I need to get high, I want to get high, I just want to get high. Thank you so much, man. This is my first time in Idaho, my first time in Boise, and uh, love the city. They say it's a desert city, but I see all the grass here. I mean... I haven't seen a lot of the grass here. But hopefully that'll be changing real soon. Because I just like to get high. But it's not all fun and giggles, that's for sure. Sometimes bad things happen to people that have a little bit of marijuana. This is... They get caught. This is a little song that talks about one of those young men getting caught with a little marijuana. Marijuana. Hello, Mr. Officer, how are you this evening? You say that you're smelling something you don't find very pleasing, could it be? The fact that I've been smoking weed, yes, indeed. Yes, sir, Mr. Officer, I've got my hands behind me. Don't use any more pepper spray. That last shot was blinding. I can't see. And it's really hard to breathe. I'm in custody. Oh. seems I've got a little problem the policeman thinks I'm dealing and it's prison time he's talking could you please call an attorney just for me I'm in need hey public pretender wins my case go to trial Cause I couldn't make my bond And I've been in jail a while And lost my job All for a quarter pound of pot Ain't that a crock? Whoa And life is really hard When they let us in the yard There's a man named Bubba looking after me He said that I'm kind of cute But I feel like I'm being used There's just got to be a better way Cause I'm not gay Not that there's anything wrong with that Hey, future employer man, there's something I must tell you. When you run all my numbers, you're going to find my record. I did time. Having marijuana is a crime. I wish they'd have an open mind. It's not a crime. It's only a weed. It's only a weed. It is only a weed, man, and we shouldn't be putting people in prison for it.
3: Well, but that's my friend Chief Greenbud from Nashville, Tennessee. You can check him out at chiefgreenbud.com. His fourth album is out. You should get all four of them. They got great tracks just like those you heard. Although with full band arrangement. It's not just acoustic, of course. He's got full backup singers and band arrangement all that. But well worth your investment. ChiefGreenBud.com. He supports the legalization movement. He gives him his time for all of these activist events. Get back to him by uh, getting some of those albums into your collection. Funny stuff. Great songwriting. ChiefGreenBud.com. We're back with activists from the Boise Hemp Fest right after this.
1: This is the Russ Belleville Show on CannabisRadio.com.
8: Cannabis use isn't the only thing growing. So are we. Grow with us. CannabisRadio.com.
9: Find out why you should trust your website with Orange Hill. Contact Orange Hill for a consultation today at orangehilldevelopment.com. Doc Robb, the concierge for better living.
3: Cannabis is just one of the many great plants that we have on this planet called Earth that we can use consciously and intelligently
1: Get the latest updates on The Russ Belleville Show by following Radical Russ on Twitter and liking The Russ Belleville Show on Facebook.
3: Coming soon to a city near you, Cannabis Finance Boot Camp. Get all your cannabis accounting, legal, and compliance questions answered by their knowledgeable panel of industry experts who want to help your cannabis business boom. Whether you're a grower, dispensary operator, or a newcomer to the field, Your cannabis business needs Cannabis Finance Boot Camp. For information on upcoming events, visit CannabisFinanceBootCamp.com.
1: Remember, friends, there's more to life than marijuana. I just can't remember what it is. Why Why'd I come in You're tuned into the Russ Belleville Show, the voice of the marijuana nation, only on CannabisRadio.com.
3: Well, as we've been telling you for this last uh, couple of segments, I was in Boise at the first annual Hemp Fest, Uh, a little different from the the events they put on a few years ago called Hope Fest. This is uh, officially licensed by the Seattle Hemp Fest organization. And it's always fun to go out and do these events, but I tell you, Idaho is so far behind, Uh, even places like Texas, uh, when I go to events out there, in that, in Idaho, you feel like you're, you're under occupation, and that it's just, you know, it's so frightening to be a cannabis consumer there to even let people know that you're sympathetic to the cause, and the turnout was good at the at the uh, hemp fest. Nothing nothing wrong with it, but it's not the same atmosphere of openness. Uh, first of all, no pot smoking going on whatsoever uh, to be seen anywhere, but also there were no police to be seen. So I don't know what that what that meant. Whether you know, there was another event going on in the park down the down the uh, down the green belt there that was uh, beer and bikes. Maybe all the cops were busy taking care of the drinkers and let the, and let the uh, marijuana consumers be. Um, who knows? But it could also be that they had people undercover that were watching. Who knows? That's that's the, the fear that underpins so much of this activism. So I took the time to interview a few activists who'd actually speak to me. Uh, There are many who wouldn't interview because they were afraid of being identified. Here's some from Idaho Medical Marijuana and the Green Party. Good day, tokers and tokettes, and non-toking lovers of liberty. Radical Russ here at the Boise Hemp Fest at Julie Davis Park in Boise, Idaho. I'm here at a nonprofit booth for the National Cannabis Patients Wall. Tell folks your name and tell us about this uh, this project.
11: My name is Vicki Anderson. I am the assistant director of the National Cannabis Patients Wall. We're gathering patient information all over the United States and in 40 countries. And we're going to Washington, D.C. next year. And we'll be building a mile-long wall honoring patients that have been cured and patients that are being denied from medical cannabis in the United States and other countries.
3: I imagine this is uh, kind of along the same lines as the Vietnam Wall, kind of that idea. Exactly.
11: That's what inspired it. Dana Arvidsson is from Tennessee, and her father-in-law was a veteran, and he died from cancer. And shortly after, she found out that the government had known for years that cannabis would cure cancer. And here she took care of him and watched him die, an honorable vet with a purple heart. And he could have had, you know, he could have had relief. If, yeah. if he couldn't have been cured, he could have had relief. He wouldn't have had to have died such a horrible death. And so she was inspired, and she started the National Cannabis Patients Wall for Tennessee. But so many other people wanted to join... That then she went through the United States and then other countries wanted wow. to join. And so now we've got patients from over
3: 40 countries. So this isn't just a national wall, it's an international.
11: International. Now it's gone even yes.
3: Any estimate of how many names we've gotten?
11: Um, we've got about 7,000 patients on the wall. We have a support group with 25,000 members that come for support, prayer requests, questions from other patients, and uh, So, you know, and and they gather there, and it's it's a very loving support group. It's family-oriented. We don't pass all the regular pot picks and all that. This is a patient support group. We have other social sites that we do that on, yeah. but we have a specific support group, which is wonderful. We're also getting ready to file uh, a lawsuit next month, September 1st, we're going to file a federal lawsuit Excellent. to try to get the repeal. So we've got several projects going on, and that's www.ncpwall.org. NCP.
3: National Cannabis Patients, ncpwall.org. Yep. And how long have you been involved with this? Uh...
11: I st- I've i only been involved a couple of years. Okay. I was a patient in California. I came back to Idaho, and I couldn't be a patient anymore. Right. And it made me crazy mad because of my zip code, and now I'm forced pharmaceuticals instead of a natural healing. So I got on with the, the, pro- the petition a couple of years ago, and then... Then I tried to help the last petition, and we're going to have another one coming out. But I decided Idaho wasn't going to get it done. I was so disappointed after the first petition that failed, I started an online petition, and then I found the wall. And I've been
3: online every day since fighting. Excellent. Now, uh, you're a patient in California. You moved back to Idaho. Idaho has no medical marijuana law, so you're back on the pharmaceuticals. What do you say to the people that are like... Well, hey, you're using the pharmaceuticals, you're using them, they, they seem to be working. They don't, they make you sick.
11: They're, there's all so many side effects. Yeah. And it does not relieve the stress and the depression that is related to chronic pain. Yes. Chronic pain is a lot more than just the pain. It's It, it affects you mentally and you just can't... You know, but with cannabis, it puts it on the back shelf, it relieves it enough to where I can think straight and I can be motivated and do something.
3: I've heard that from pain patients before where they tell me it's not so much that the cannabis kills the pain, which it does to some extent, but it it relieves the the mental
11: aspect of pain. Absolutely, yes. And that wears on you way as much as the pain does. Sure, it
3: does. It really does. So, folks, log on to the internet, go to NCP Wall. if you want to help out the National Cannabis Patients Wall. And especially if you're here in the state of Idaho where things are very, very difficult for patients, uh, give all you can to help them out. Anything else you want
11: to tell them? Idaho needs to step up. We only have a 100 and something patients. We don't even have 200 people in Idaho that have stepped up to sign up for this. We will after today, but still. Idaho has got to step up. We cannot sit back and wait for other people to do it for us. The elderly and the sick are out there on the street petitioning. And we need some young people. We need some young blood. Someone to get out there that can actually walk around, that can stand on the street and get petitions. I have to have a wheelchair and a table. I can't do it all. Yeah. We need people. So Idaho,
3: get off your butts. That's the, uh, the tax you have to pay as a healthy person is helping people less fortunate than yourself. Absolutely. And I agree with that entirely. Thank you so much for your time and your volunteering. Thank you so much. Everyone, Radical Russ here at the Boise Hemp Fest in beautiful Boise, Idaho. I've stopped here at the desk for some grassroots organizers for the Green Party. Tell us uh, your names and and what you're involved with here.
12: Hi, I'm Sage. This is Carissa. I'm Riley. And we're collecting signatures to allow Green Party ballot access for the presidential election. It's the fourth largest party in America, and they should be on there, along with Johnson and Trump and Clinton. So, uh, so Idaho
3: doesn't have the greens on the ballot at this
12: point. No, not yet. What is it going to take to, for that to happen? A certain number of signatures. About 500 more signatures, maybe. It only requires a thousand, but we're aiming for 2,000 to get enough, you know, good signatures. I mean, if you've been involved in, you know, petitions or things like that before, you know, you got to get a few more than what you really need to get the good ones, especially on weed issues. Honestly. Sure,
3: sure. Now, uh, Idaho is well known for being a highly conservative state. What's it like trying to, to fight for green party access here? actually uh, pretty easy. The more conservative place
12: is, the more the people who want something decent, like, say, legalization or Green Party, will make time
3: for you to sign things. Really? So it's it's a situation where they're kind of tired of the status quo, and they're looking for any option, even if it's one they may not agree with?
8: Well...
12: The thing here is everyone knows that this is not a sweet state. Yeah. So it's completely safe to vote your conscience in Idaho. True. And at least a silver lining it is if you get a certain number of votes a percentage of the vote then it really helps the Green Party out further their platform. Yeah. So yeah, anybody you know, who is for liberal thinking. and progressive things should, you know, just vote straight
3: up for Jill Stein in Idaho. I know uh, in in 2000 I voted for Ralph Nader because I was awesome. living here in Idaho. I could I could vote for Mickey Mouse. It doesn't matter. <laughs> Yeah, the Republicans going to win Idaho.
12: To so be fair, right. yes. In Idaho, your vote does not, in fact, count.
3: At least yeah. not for the election, but it can count for other things. That's right. And building uh, Green Party access, building more access for third and fourth, even fifth parties would be a good thing in this country. Oh, yes. yes. I mean, at some point, you might have to structurally
12: change how it works to something more parliamentary to get five parties that are viable. Yeah. But you know, at least... Getting the you know, choice that's not Democrats or Republicans would be
3: awesome. I've been a longtime proponent of uh, range voting. Have you heard of that? Is that like rank choice? Yeah, like rank choice, like multiple choice voting. Uh, like instant runoff? Yeah, yeah. Anything to change our you know,
12: winner-take-all system. It would be difficult to get the winners to go for that, though, because the Republicans right. or Democrats would have to be the ones voting yes on that, and that's how do you get them to do that?
3: I say we do it through state initiatives, like we did medical marijuana. Yes. And you get yeah. enough states that are doing that, and people see the results of that type of voting, and they'll start to want that in their state that doesn't have an initiative, and yeah. there'll be some pressure.
12: That could be literally the only viable plan for them. I
3: think so. Well, good luck on collecting signatures
10: oh, here and for and the as Green aside, Party.
12: Uh, just so you guys know, that is part of the Green Platform is legalizing marijuana. It has been for the longest time before it was popular for
3: yep. people to say that. That's absolutely true for as long as I can remember. Thanks so much for your hard work and your activism, and uh, good luck for the rest of the day. All right. You have you. a good day, Russ. You too. Great to see those guys out there working to get Green Party access in the state of Idaho. Where, again, the real election in Idaho is the Republican primary. So many other people out there at the Idaho or at the uh, Boise Hemp Fest uh, didn't want to be recorded, though. Didn't want to get their picture taken and have their voices recorded. That's how, how much fear there still is out there in many parts of this country. And it's something those of us who are activists in the West Coast and the Northeast, places where we have a little more freedom, should make their way to a place like Nebraska or Texas or Idaho and see how the other half lives.
1: This is the Russ Belleville Show on CannabisRadio.com.
8: We don't limit how much you smoke, and we don't limit where you listen. Cannabis Radio is now on iTunes, Stitcher, and iHeartRadio.
7: While the feds and state are doing their dance, you still need to transact business and manage your cash. Go professional and let your customers pay with PayQuick. They pay you, and they earn rewards points.
4: and the fight for the social fabric of America is set for battle this November. Tuesday, November 8th, the Cannabis Liberation Movement takes a huge step forward and Cannabis Radio is here to chronicle this legendary moment. CannabisRadio.com and the Cannabis Radio News Team will feature wall-to-wall live coverage of all the coast-to-coast voting of state amendments, ballots, propositions, and initiatives that will further progress the Cannabis Crusade. Join us Thursday, November 8th for Vote 2016, The Path to Cannabis Freedom, only on CannabisRadio.com.
1: This is the Rush Belleville Show on CannabisRadio.com.
3: Are you playing an acoustic guitar but want to be louder without an amp? Try a resonator guitar. The fingerboard extension has National Resophonic and other resonators, square necks and round necks. Stop by the Fingerboard Extension, downtown Corvallis, at 120 Northwest 2nd Street today. Or check out its inventory on the web at FingerboardExtension.com. Go wild hog in the woods.
1: Warning. Hits taken on this show are larger than they appear. Do not try this at home. These people are professionals. Or at least they pay me to say that. This is the Rush Bellville Show on CannabisRadio.com.
3: Welcome back, everybody. And uh, sad news for fans of Stoner Jesus. He's not going to be on coming up here at 5 o'clock. Too much of the real world has intruded, and uh, he's not going to be able to do a live show tonight. So there will be a replay. Of a previous Stoner Jesus podcast, I'm Radical Russ. This is the uh, tail end of Toker Talk Radio. This is the second hour of the two-hour Russ Bellville show. So if you've uh, just tuned in late, you ought to join us. We're here at 3 p.m. Pacific time, 6 p.m. Eastern, every weekday on CannabisRadio.com. Except this Friday, I won't be on live because I'll be making my way to the Seattle Hemp Fest. Ah, oh, the 25th annual Seattle Hemp Fest, and I tell people this all the time, but if you're a marijuana activist or just someone who loves weed, you ought to make your way to Hemp Fest at least once in your life. And, you know, I, I feel this transition coming, you know, because uh, a, lo- a lot of my you know 10 years, uh, I've been doing this for 10 years now, and I feel like the first half of my activism career was in the ramp up to legalization, 2005 to 2010, right? So I started in 2005 with Oregon Normal, worked through 2010, Proposition 19, going uh, to defeat in California. Then the second half, 2010 to 2015, that's your ramp, that's legalization happening, right? Well, now I think there's another five year transition happening starting here in 2016, especially as we pass legalization in California and Nevada. Massachusetts? I don't know. Arizona? I don't know. Maine? Looking close. (laughs) Those other three states, I wouldn't put a lot of hope into them, but I think we're going to get California and Nevada for sure. And so this uh, uh, transition is this transition from this activism base of fighting for the civil liberty and for the end of prohibition to this business base, this industry base. Already, I've got more gigs lined up to cover that are more trade show expo type things, business conferences, than activism events or legal seminars. I know so many of my lawyer friends that are transitioning from being criminal justice lawyers, you know, criminal defense lawyers, to being civil lawyers, to being, uh, you know, business uh, law consultants and such. So this transition is happening, and as it happens, what happens to things like the Seattle Hemp Fest? Already, they're, they're doing another uh, High Times uh, Cup uh, in, in Michigan at that site. It's it, it's like now, it's like High Times has realized they don't even have to have it once a year in any of these places. There's no reason they couldn't do it every couple of months. So every couple of months, you're seeing them now in the Clio, Michigan location and the, the National Orange Center down there in uh, San Bernardino and so forth. And in addition to the High Times Cups, you got other Cups that have their regular uh, events that are getting bigger and better and and well-attended and, you know, big investment in the production value of them. So at some point, it's like, what's the big deal of going to one versus the other? There's this lack of cachet now. It's like, eh, you, know, you, you can go to any of them. And that's where I still think Seattle HempFest is special. Because Seattle HempFest retains that activism base and that small entrepreneur ethic. Uh, you, know, you know, the guy with the 10 by 10 booth, except there's five, 600 of them <laughs> on a 1.6 mile park with six stages with great musical acts on these stages. I'll be on one of the stages called the caviar gold stage. It's a uh, cavi gold records artists, mostly hard rock and metal stuff going on. So I'll be speaking on that stage, but to come out to that event and, and to be in this park where it's, a hundred thousand people smoking pot in a park and technically committing a felony. <laughs> Washington State has the wrote its law just a year or two ago that made the public consumption of cannabis at a venue or an event a Class C felony. Could could that be? Spells the end of a Seattle Hempfest? Would someone actually go forward and actually prosecute something like this? I, God, I hope not. I don't think so. It didn't happen last year, and the, the same law was still in effect. It did force Seattle Hemp Fest to have to cancel its uh, private smoking. <laughs> Here's the irony. Here's the we, – we try to legalize. We, we try to be good citizens here. We try to be proactive cannabis consumers and help the public out, Right. So we have a Seattle Hemp Fest. Legalization passes in Washington State. The people at Seattle Hemp Fest go, all right, we'd like to be cooperative. We know it's problematic. People, you don't like to see people smoke a pot in public. And that's what Seattle Hemp Fest is all about. We're going to have a whole bunch of people smoking pot in public. So we'll compromise. We'll make a smoking area. We'll make an area of Seattle Hemp Fest with tall fencing, that you can't see through, you know, shaded off from public view. We'll check people to make sure they're adults to get in there. Give them a wristband or something, check their IDs. That's how we'll cooperate. We'll make sure that we do put our pot smoking out of public view. We'll go to great expense and effort to make this happen. And now they can't do that (laughs) because doing something like that would explicitly Prove that they're engaged in this conspiracy to run a fenced-off area where they know pot smoking is happening in public, <laughs> and would be committing a felony. So, so by creating the law, they actually encourage the open pot smoking because the open pot smoking isn't really part of the conspiracy because it's like not like Seattle Hempfest went out and sent a memo to a hundred thousand attendees and told them to smoke pot. That's 100,000 individual acts of civil disobedience going on, not an event promoting that pot should be smoked there. Twisted, isn't it? <laughs> like we tried to we tried to come up with, with a solution, but no, you'd rather have it be the way. Okay. But you know, it mirrors prohibition in general, doesn't it? It just mirrors the whole issue. It's the microcosm of the whole thing. Everything that the prohibitionists are prohibiting marijuana for are things that prohibiting marijuana made worse. Like you talk about the hyperpotent pot. We got to prohibit it because today it's hyperpotent. Well, it only became hyperpotent because you prohibit it and people had to make it more potent to make it sellable. Oh, we got, what about the children? Kids are getting their hands on the pot. Yeah, because you wouldn't let us make it legal so we could check everyone's IDs like we do for cigars or beer. Everything they hate about pot was made worse because they made it illegal. And then they use what what happened because of illegality to justify keeping it illegal. You make it illegal, and then all the good people who smoke pot, the teachers, the lawyers, the doctors, the scientists, the... Uh, upper executives all the good people that smoke pot and good may not be the proper term I should be using but work with me here all those people have to go into hiding they they can't let anyone know they smoke pot so who's left? well all the people that are the bad people you know the, the ne'er-do-wells of society the service industry workers the you know whatever and so then they come to think well see all I see out of pot smoking is bad people. Therefore, pot must be bad. That's the way prohibition works. It warps everything. I'm Radical Russ. Thanks for joining us. For everyone here at Canvas Radio. And until next time, take care of each other, tokers.
1: This is the Russ Bellville Show. The Russ Bellville Show is blogging and podcasting daily at RadicalRuss.com.
2: You grow it, you giant, it, you roll it, you smoke it. You take a seed, you plant it, you grow it, you dry it, you roll it, you smoke it. You take a seed, you plant it, you grow it, you're giant, you're it you dry it, you roll it, you smoke it, smoking, and it goes down to earth.